Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. There are plenty of books for new moms that focus solely on keeping their newborn alive and thriving. But what about the health and welfare of the woman who has just given birth? Far too often, new moms are left to blindly fend for themselves and ignore the physical and emotional setbacks that come with a new baby. But if moms don't advocate for themselves, no one else will. On the line to discuss is Becky Vera, author of Enough About the Baby and the mom behind the popular Instagram account, Witty Otter. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Becky, why did you write this book? Well, I wrote the book because when I was a new mom, there were so many things that weren't talked about or weren't talked about in detail that accompanied my new role. And because I was having a hard time dealing with some of these things and no one ever told me about it, I kind of took it personally and I assumed that I was struggling because maybe I was a bad mom or I just wasn't meant to be a mom. You know, I heard no one else talking about these things and I just assumed they were just all something specific to me. And as I kind of went through my journey, I learned that's not the case at all. They're just not topics that have been discussed much. And I didn't want other moms to ever feel like I did. I wanted them to know that everything they're going through is, while not necessarily normal, but common, that they're not alone, that we've all been there and that they can get through this. What are some of the harsh realities you discovered about being a mom? Oh, goodness. Everything. (laughs) Um, I think Specifically, some things were how hard breastfeeding was going to be. Again, I didn't think it was going to be easy, but I ended up having a great supply, which was wonderful, and I'm very grateful, and a son who wanted to breastfeed sometimes, you know, every 75 minutes. And it's hard. It's very hard. You you can practice with the baby dolls in the hold, and it's nothing like feeding an actual baby. I was just becoming so emotionally depleted. It was impacting my mental health. I just felt like I was just falling into this abyss of just constantly breastfeeding. And I really wanted to pull back and maybe do some combo feeding or pump and do some bottle feeding. And everyone I spoke with, whether it be my son's pediatrician or my lactation consultant, were saying no, almost shaming me in a sense that you've got to keep breastfeeding. You have to do this. It's best for your baby. And I never heard what was best for me. It was never a consideration. And, you know, one thing in in talking to doctors and experts and other moms for this book is, 
that I've learned is that breastfeeding doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can combo feed, you know, you can formula feed if that's best for you. Your baby needs a happy mom more than it needs breast milk. And I wish that was something someone had told me earlier on in my journey. Do you ever worry that you'll scare women off from motherhood? I think there are certain women who don't want to know these things, who would like to go in, who would like to have no preconceived notions. And that's wonderful. That's their choice. To them, I say, you know, they don't have to read my book. I'm not forcing the content upon anyone. It's here if they want it. And if they choose not to, that's great too. I'm more focused on the women I am writing for, which are those of us who are craving this information, who want to know ahead of time what we're going to be dealing with and to how to better handle it when the time comes and have resources to do so. What are the top things you wish you would have known beforehand that could have made your motherhood journey different or easier? I think some of the top things is that, well, first of all, that everyone struggles. It is hard for everyone. My son is almost six and a half. And the social media landscape back then was just a lot of sunshine and rainbows. People weren't really talking about the hard parts. You know, I wish I had known that it's across the board. No one has every moment is not perfect. Um, I wish I had known that it's okay for your relationship to struggle, that it's very hard on a couple to welcome a new baby into the fold. And I wish I had known more about maternal mental health as well, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, what to look for, and how and when to get help. Has adjusting to parenthood with your partner been easy? And what are some of the challenges new parents might expect? What I find one of the biggest challenges is not that parents are unprepared for parenthood. They're unprepared for parenthood together in the sense of how are they going to co-parent. I think there's a lot of conversations that need to be had before your baby comes, before you're sleep deprived, that don't take place at two in the morning. Uh, how are you going to handle wake up? How are you going to handle visitors? How are you going to handle when the baby's sick? Who's going to stay home? All of those sorts of things. Who's going to own unload the dishwasher? Who's going to walk the dog? Uh, later on down the line, what about screen time? There's so many things that we just assume will just either be fine or will address in the moment and move forward. And that's really not always the case with a lot of parents when push comes to shove. And again, a lot of times postpartum when you're newly postpartum are going to be exhausted. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to be emotional. So when you're talking about these things at the height of those emotional peaks, I guess I should say, it's not a great time to figure things out. It's going to lead to miscommunication, to sometimes anger, to resentment. And that can grow and breed if left untreated between partners, which it, it often can because you're so focused on the baby, everything else falls to a very distant second. Is there anything partners can do together to prepare for parenthood? I mean, aside from baby classes and learning CPR? Yeah, I think they can sit down and we actually have in the book this very exhaustive list. It might seem almost too much, but I promise it's something that I've worked on that I've curated with mothers, fathers, experts. It's basically everything and anything you and your partner would want to discuss before your baby comes. And making sure you're on the same page with things. And also, though, being aware that 
some things are going to change. Some opinions are going to change, change when you get home. So you also can't be hold someone accountable to something they might have said at the time when, you know, maybe it's going to be a little bit different when you are home with a baby. But, you know, for the most part, it's things like communication, uh, budget, you know, how are you going to handle visitors, safety, things like that. Just discussing everything ahead of time is going to really put you guys on a path for success. I'm speaking with Becky Vieira, author of Enough About the Baby and the mom behind the popular Instagram account, Witty Otter. Did having a baby change any of the relationships in your life? Some grew closer that I wouldn't have expected with other moms. And some of my friendships, I hate to use the word downgraded, but maybe became more casual. You know, I had a lot of my friends, their children were already much older. And there were a few of them who, you know, while they cared about me, they just weren't really interested in going back into the trenches and kind of hearing about the day-to-day things that they'd already moved past so long ago. And as a new mom, that becomes a lot of what your world is. And that's okay. You know, and you kind of come to that realization again, sometimes there's seasons of friendship. And for some of them, being a new mom isn't the best season for certain people in your life. Everyone talks about parenthood taking a village, but sometimes there is no village. Did you have a village? And what did that look like for you? I didn't. I did not have a village. My husband and I moved when I was seven and a half months pregnant, and I didn't know anyone. When he went back to work, I was very lonely. I was at home. I was felt like I was on a conveyor belt of breastfeeding and burping and changing diapers. And I felt very lonely. It's a really hard time. One of the first things that finally started to help me was just connecting with other moms online through social media. And I think we often have this idea that a village should be these people who are around us who are dropping off dinners or watching our kids. And yes, that would be wonderful. But we need to realize that maybe that's not always going to be the case and kind of adapt our vision of what a village is to what it can be. I also really found that I had to put myself out there and join a few different mommy and me classes and go up to, you know, park meetups or post on next door, just Facebook, anything I could to try and find other moms to connect with. And it's hard and it takes a while, but it's important to kind of cultivate those relationships because we can't do this alone. And even if it's means having someone in your village who you can talk to who understands what you're going through in real time. It's absolutely worth it. Unsolicited advice often comes from people with good intentions. What what tips do you have for responding to that unsolicited advice? Well, you know, there's there's a few different ways to handle it. And I think first and foremost, it starts with with who you are as a person. You know, I have friends who can just hear anything and not take it personally. I think I'm more of a sponge and I take everything in and it's a little bit harder for me to let things go. But it is really something you need to do. You just need to remind yourself this is coming from a good place. No one is trying to be annoying or steer you in a, you know, in an unsafe way or take you off course. People just like to feel like they know something. They like to feel like they can help. And sometimes that happens without inviting them. So, you know, a lot of times it's just kind of thank you and nodding and trying to change the conversation to something else. If there's people who are continually doing it, however, you might need to speak up and say something to them. 
you know, validating what they're doing. Say, thank you. I appreciate your help. I realize you know so much about this. However, this is something I'm looking to figure out on my own. So would it be okay if maybe I step back and do this by myself and then I'll call you when I need help or advice? That can work a lot too, because really it is sometimes just what these people want is just to know that they're helping or feel like they're helping. What does postpartum really look like? Well, physically, it's it's you know, <laughs> it's not pretty. You come home and you're wearing diapers and you're bleeding and your breasts are leaking. You still look pregnant. It's nothing that I thought. I, you know, expected that I'd come home and you know, maybe have a day of being tired and then, you know, maybe put on some yoga pants and take my baby out for a walk. And it's not that easy. I think that TV and media have just created this idea that everything goes back to whatever we consider normal quickly. And that's not the case for a lot of us. And our bodies don't go back to what they were sometimes ever because, they're not the same. They've grown, they've created, they've birthed as human. They shouldn't look like they did before, but we're, we're led to believe that that's the goal and that that's what should happen. And I personally was in for a shock. I was very hard with myself because I didn't think my body looked the way it should postpartum. And I've come to learn that there's no right or wrong way to look. Everybody is on its own journey and doing what it needs to do to heal. And I wish I had given myself so much more grace with that. And on the emotional side, postpartum depression, anxiety, rage, and psychosis are real and shouldn't be ignored. What are some of the signs to be aware of? And what can a new mom do if they start feeling depressed? Yes, and this is very, very important. I suffered tremendously with postpartum depression. And it's something we need to be talking about. We need to be making new moms aware of. A lot of moms, and you've probably heard this term before, the baby blues. I feel like it's really thrown out there just kind of as an all-encompassing umbrella. Oh, you're sad. Oh, you're depressed. It's the baby blues. Everyone has it. The baby blues are, in fact, real. It really is something. It's not this old wives' tale. It's just really the leveling off of your hormones. The baby blues tend to come on about two days after you've given birth and last for about two weeks. What you need to be aware of is after that time, are you still feeling sad? Are you still feeling depressed, weepy, having trouble sleeping, having trouble getting out of bed, not finding pleasure in things? If that's the case, you need to contact your doctor and look into getting some help and getting screened or treatment for postpartum depression. Although it's not just the first two weeks. I mean, if during those first two weeks, if you're feeling like you're going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt your baby, you're feeling anything that is a great concern, obviously call your doctor as well then. You know, and part of what we struggle with as new moms in this country is we don't see our doctors for six weeks after we've given birth. And a lot of things can happen in that time. It's at that six-week appointment when you'll be screened for these mental health conditions. And for some people, they've already gone through a lot by then. So there are wonderful resources. There is information you can find online. There's an organization called Postpartum Support International where you can text, you can chat, you can speak with someone who can help you start to figure out what you need to do and where you need to go to take care of this because it can spiral quickly. 
And it's just, could take you to some very dark places and it's something I just wouldn't wish for any mother to have to go through so I think being aware and taking care of it early is very important. What advice do you have for moms who struggle with asking for help? Boy um, and that would be me I struggle with (laughs) asking for help just that nobody can do this alone we're not superheroes we're not Swiss army knives we're human we can't do this alone and we shouldn't have to do this alone. And I think that's something for us to remember because we do tend to just say, I've got it. I've got it. I'll handle it. And I think there's also this perception that if you reach out for or accept help, you're somehow failing. And that's not the case at all. There is so much that needs to happen that needs to go on in the care of a newborn baby and in the care of of the new mother physically, emotionally, there's just way too many things for one person to handle. And it becomes a time where you do kind of have to make yourself vulnerable and let your guard down and know that it's okay. And there are people out there who want to help. Not necessarily everyone's going to want to do everything for you. So you kind of have to look at your network and see where people, where their strengths are. But there's people who can help. You know, maybe you have a friend who's an animal lover That'd be a great person to ask to walk your dog or someone who loves to cook. Maybe ask them to help pick up some groceries for you. It's not looking to one person to do everything or fix everything, but it's finding little things that you can ask the people around you to help with. Do you have any final words of wisdom you'd like to impart for any new parent who might be listening? I think I just want moms to know that it is hard. It's going to be so hard and it's going to be so much better too, but please, anytime you're doubting yourself, you're feeling that you can't do this, or you're wondering why you did this, you are not alone. You are not the first person to feel that way. And I promise you're doing a wonderful job and you're great. And you're exactly the mother your baby needs. And I think it's that encouragement, that constant reminder that new moms need and to know that they're not alone, that we've all gone through those hard times and gone to some of those dark places. I've been speaking with Becky Vera, author of Enough About the Baby and the mom behind the popular Instagram account, Witty Otter. How would you like us to get your book? You can find my book online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your favorite online retailers, or it's in store as well. So your favorite local bookstores should be caring enough about the baby. Thank you so much for speaking with us today and helping some new moms out. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.